I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. I'm the first female host of Be Reasonable, if I want to be. Where is my Nobel Peace Prize? It's high noon for Friday, January 29th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator. Join the discussion thread at t.me slash be reasonable discussion. And uh, I'm trying to get going on the whole gab thing. It's so much like Facebook that I'm kind of inclined to hate it. But we'll see how it goes. So I'm on there at I'm your moderator as well. And of course on Rumble for the once a month I make a video You guys know how it is, you know, go drop a rating on iTunes or Apple podcast or whatever the hell you want to call it. But those always help because every now and then I get attacked by commies and by attacked, I mean, they give me one star ratings, not really attacked. People say that way too much now. And hey, we got some beautiful COVID t-shirts. I survived COVID. Buy them if you want. Hit me up on Telegram. I'll tell you exactly how to do it. So today is the ninth full day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party clearly doing their bidding and has one of the world's worst sons. I think that covers it. So hooray, America. Good job, commies. It is yet another amazing day just to witness and If you can get past the discomfort and anxiety of the understanding that every system of power in the world is trying to destroy people who want to think and act and speak and even purchase freely, you will break on through to the other side. And find some dark comedy in all of this that actually makes it fairly entertaining to witness. And that is what I wish for all of you, that you can let go of the anxieties and just marvel at what's happening because we are getting closer and closer and closer to the point where all of this crashes down on Joe Biden's head and the heads of all those 
who have aligned themselves first against Trump, then against the people, and then against the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and everything that made America a wonderful country in the first place. All of it is becoming more and more and more exposed. Just one industry, one arm of the old guard after the next, showing itself to be utterly corrupt, totally self-interested, and antithetical to the interests of not even just average Americans, but nearly all Americans. If you are not an active part of the old guard institutions, then you are basically systematically under attack. I know I'll say it again, but this actually is kind of an attack. One star ratings are a very weak form of attack. All the old guard institutions taking warlike postures against the citizenry is a legitimate attack. The stock market and the trading apps and the hedge funds have another day of implosion, depending on how well they have rigged the system in the last two days to protect themselves. But it's not going well because all of the people from Reddit and elsewhere who have entered the fray and been involved in buying these stocks against the impending short sales are not going anywhere. In fact, there are memes right now. Very good memes. God, these people are good at memeing. But they are all geared toward convincing people to be brave and hold the line and not sell off your stocks. Just keep buying and buying. And now, again, like I said yesterday, I am the furthest thing from a financial expert, but I am down for the game. I am going to jump on the mechanical bull and practice a little more. And then I'll go find a real bull and I will ride that fucker till the end. <laughs> so uh, Robin Hood, after canceling my Nokia order two nights ago, canceled my GameStop order last night. And it's actually just it's it's mind blowing because they opened trading again after the markets closed yesterday so that people could put their buy orders back in. And so I, as well as probably thousands or millions of other people, did exactly that and tried to buy more GameStop. And so by the time trading opened today, they went ahead and canceled those GameStop orders. And then they changed it so that you could buy up to four shares. They took it down so you could buy only two shares. And now they've made it so you can only buy one share. And my understanding of this is that they are trying to make sure as few people as possible 
can buy these shares so that the hedge funds can try to purchase enough shares to cover their float, the shares that they owe back after what they plan to be an enormous windfall on the short of GameStop. I hope I'm getting this all right. This, for someone who's never been in the finance world, this is a lot to try to understand. I'm doing my best. If you're a trader or someone who knows a lot about this stuff, hit me up on Telegram. I would love to have the conversation with you. But even if I am shaming myself right now by absolutely being totally ignorant about all of this, I still think that I'm doing better than CNN. And CNN Business, a couple of days ago, I totally missed this headline. But it's amazing. It's uh, the articles by someone named Moshi Horowitz. This is January 27th, but this is the headline. White supremacist internet gamers buy GameStop stocks to purposefully bankrupt Jewish hedge fund on International Holocaust Remembrance Day. What the fuck is that? That right there is not what's happening at all. These fucking news organizations and these commies who all believe stuff like this are some of the dumbest people that have ever walked the earth. Now, they think, and this is this goes right back to the QAnon stuff too, they think that anonymous internet message boards and Reddit, which is, I guess, less anonymous, but they think that anytime someone posts offensive memes or says words that they don't like or really talks about anything in a way that they don't like. They think that those anonymous or semi-anonymous posters somehow represent the entire community and that the entire community is on board with whatever the worst person in the community says. And that's just plainly false. Now, in their world, they believe that every time something offensive is said by anyone, that anyone witnessing this offense has a moral obligation to call that person out and then, I guess, systematically go about ruining those people's lives. You know, to solve racism. So this headline is so utterly convoluted and so ridiculous, it's hard to know where to start. But white supremacist Internet gamers. Well, that's just wrong. Because, first of all, there aren't that many white supremacists in the world. Like, I, I don't know how they have been allowed to call everything they don't like white supremacist and somehow tie it back like with what 
more than six degrees of separation to actual white supremacists. It's like, well, this guy posted the OK sign. So that's a white power symbol. So everyone now approves of white supremacists. Well, no, you're wrong from the beginning. That's not a white supremacist sign. They're not doing the white power sign. It's the OK sign or the little game where you stick it on on like your thigh and make someone look at it. And then you punch them. Or just say, hey, I got you. (laughs) That's a real thing. That being a white power symbol that people use to express white supremacy is not a real thing. Also, calling them Internet gamers because they're buying GameStop does not make sense either. They're also buying Nokia and AMC and Silverstocks. And BlackBerry. These companies don't have anything in common with the people buying them. The thing that they all have in common is that they have high short interests. Now, there's actually a website called highshortinterest.com, and you'll see all of these stocks appearing on this website. And a little explanation from the site stocks with high short interest are often very volatile and are well known for making explosive upside moves known as a short squeeze stock traders will often flock to such stocks for no reason other than the fact that they have a high short interest and the price can potentially move up very quickly as traders with open short positions move to cover and so this is not about gaming, and it's certainly not about white supremacy. It's about a class of traders, and that class is normal people, realizing that this is something that can not only make them a lot of money if a lot of people are doing it, but that it can also kill hedge funds. And think of that whatever you will there are a lot of people in this country who are sick of oligarchs essentially controlling every aspect of american life and then when it doesn't go their way they get to have the rules changed in their favor once again destroying the average american and that's what was happening yesterday Now, they can all excuse this in different ways, saying that, you know, that there's a clearinghouse behind them that will not be able to cover what they owe. And I guess that's unfortunate for them. But the rules are the rules. You don't get to change them after the game starts. And if this creates market problems, What are we supposed to do? Americans didn't get bailed out when they lost their houses in the subprime mortgage crisis. And average Americans are getting stomped on by this same class of people constantly. 
whether it was the COVID response, Black Lives Matter, the election, the election fraud, the way all of that has been handled, and then right up to the Capitol insurrection on January 6th, where now everything that the old guard power structure doesn't agree with is insurrection. And that's actually what former SEC commissioner Laura Unger called it exactly. She said that this was the same as the Capitol riot. As if the point of the protests and the gathering at the Capitol, leaving the riot part aside, because that was mostly Antifa. Those people were there to protest a fraudulent election and the insulation of a totally illegitimate president. That's what they were there to do. They were there to petition Congress to do the right thing and object to the electors on the Democrat side from all these states that were placed there by fraudulent elections. That's not an insurrection. And what happened in the Capitol, despite the violence, was not an insurrection either. There was absolutely no attempt whatsoever to take over the government by force. And there was nothing behind it. There was no attempt to install a new government or an illegitimate government. They wanted the laws to be followed. That was the point. The crazy thing is that for a brief moment in time yesterday, Ted Cruz and AOC actually agreed on how messed up it was that these trading apps were preventing normal Americans from buying stocks to protect the hedge funds. And so Ted Cruz tweeted his agreement with AOC, and she immediately responded to Ted Cruz by saying that it was his objection to illegal electors that actually almost got her killed. That Ted Cruz is basically a murderer and not even the Zodiac killer as he is occasionally suspected to be. A murderer. These congressmen are pretending, congressmen and women, to be absolutely politically correct, are pretending that they were almost murdered on January 6th. That is absolutely false. One woman was killed by a police officer. Another guy died from a heart condition, though he was said to be beaten to death. And then there are still other deaths that Democrat congressmen keep referring to that there were four or five deaths or six deaths. But we don't know anything about those, apparently. Now, two Capitol Police officers have, quote unquote, committed suicide since then. So if there are murderers there, the place to start looking would be whoever had contact with those two Capitol Police officers in the time since 
January 6th. And whether or not those people might also talk to Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton. I'm just randomly saying that. I mean, I don't know who they talk to that would make them want to, quote unquote, commit suicide. But you got to figure it's close to Clinton or Pelosi or Obama, let's say. But back to CNN for just one more second. So we know that they weren't buying only GameStop and that they weren't buying GameStop because they were gamers. And we also know that none of this is happening because of white supremacy, which is all preposterous. But they are purposefully bankrupting a Jewish hedge fund. Well, what part of the hedge fund is Jewish? Is the owner Jewish? And if that's true, what does that have to do with anything? Are they saying that these people were targeting a particular hedge fund? Well, that's only true to the extent that that hedge fund was the one shorting GameStop and these other stocks. So that doesn't make any sense. And the idea that any of them knew that it was International Holocaust Remembrance Day is just the most preposterous thing in the world. I didn't even know there was an International Holocaust Remembrance Day until an hour ago. And that's not because I have a problem with Jewish people or that I deny the Holocaust exists, for fuck's sake. It's because I've literally never heard anyone talk about that before. And I've never seen it in a news headline. This is like last year when they made Juneteenth a new holiday, even though most people had no idea what that was. And then they were like, I can't believe this person said this on Juneteenth. Like, what? I'm sure that we have a National Grilled Cheese Day, too. But if I post a picture online of a bag of cheese in my refrigerator that had gotten moldy because I didn't use it on International Grilled Cheese Day, that doesn't mean that I'm racist against cheese. That is a coincidence because I have no idea that Grilled Cheese Day even exists, much less when it is. So the attempt here is obvious. The attempt here is to say that any of these populist initiatives, and that's what it is ultimately, it's the people saying this is something that we can actually all do together and benefit ourselves. They want to call every instance of that now racism or insurrection or violence. Again, they have no other arguments. They can't go head to head with this because there are actually very few honest explanations of what's happening right now that the old guard power structures 
would want involved in the narrative. So it has to be something else. It has to be something nefarious. It has to be about ending the country. It has to be about racism. It has to be about violence. They don't have anything else. And for this to be so obviously the result of old guard rule and even more directly the result of the Democrat Party, Joe Biden's Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, is directly tied to this issue. And when asked about that in the press conference today, Jen Psaki really did say that she had nothing really to offer about it, but that Janet Yellen is the first female treasury director. A real adult who is in the position of telling the American people what the White House thinks used Janet Yellen's biological sex as a get-out-of-jail-free card. And of course she did, because that's what they've turned it into. You can't do something bad if you're black. You can't do something bad if you're a woman. You can't do something bad if you're a Muslim. You can't do something bad if you're LGBTQIA+. And I guess the truth now is that you can't even do anything bad if you're an old, demented, degenerate white man with one of the worst families in existence, the most corrupt politician in American history. And you were mentored, literally mentored by a former exalted Cyclops and Grand Kliegel of the Ku Klux Klan. And why can't he be responsible? Well, because all the people in his administration are, are black and women and black women and blah, 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 blah. So now Joe Biden has the, the invisible shield of immortality around him because he has made enough of the right social justice moves. So now he can't be attacked. So what we have is an old guard oligarchical power structure that cannot be challenged in any way, no matter how legal, because to do so is racist or violent or insurrection. And in fact, that's also what they think of the 74 million plus Trump voters who went out and used the exact system we're supposed to use to voice our political opinions because to them, there is no other reason why anyone would agree with the standpoint expressed on this podcast and by others. There's no reason anyone would ever hold these thoughts or agree with these thoughts unless you're a racist, sexist, homophobic, Islamophobic, violent, a domestic terrorist, an insurrectionist. That's it. There's no other reason. It's not because people have legitimate gripes against this power structure. 
that has been propped up for 40 years by the most corrupt and evil people on the planet. That's not it. It's because we're all racist. Facebook actually took the insane step of taking down the Robin Hood stock traders group. Why? Because they were talking about buying stocks. How in the world is that no longer okay? That's literally what CNN and Fox Business exist for. They're on there all day talking about stocks. They are actively engaged in market manipulation because they invite people from investment firms and hedge funds on to talk about what they think about the market. And they're actually influencing public opinion for their own advantage, not the advantage of the public, for their own advantage. And the cable companies have no problem with this. Facebook has no problem with this. It's not violent insurrection. It's not white supremacy when they do it. And they are doing the same thing. They're just doing it in an institutional setting. So now somehow it's okay. Doesn't matter what they do to the companies they're short selling on. Doesn't matter what happens to the retail consumers who might be bought into those companies. That doesn't matter at all. But when normal people discuss what they want to invest in on the internet, it's white supremacy. And I think that this stuff is a major tell, like what Facebook is doing right now. That's a major tell because the trading platforms, it's fine that they want to stop this because they're trying to stop the bleeding. And at the dollar values they're talking about in the billions and tens of billions of dollars, maybe they think it's worth it to go to prison by breaking the law and doing this. And maybe it is for them. They're covering their own asses and it's right out in public. Everyone can see it and that will have its own reaction. But what Facebook is doing is entirely different because Facebook is not covering their own asses on this. They're covering someone else's ass. And what they're doing is limiting the ability of their own consumers, which in reality are their own product. They're limiting their ability to talk about stocks with each other. And of course, they will just move somewhere else and do that. But what Facebook is telling us by doing this is that these conversations are so dangerous that they have to stop them. And why are they so dangerous? It's not because these firms won't be able to cover their asses by the end of today's business. It's because this exact same thing can be done over and over and over and over again for as long as people are able to communicate openly, which, again, is why they are trying to destroy people's freedom of speech. They're trying to take down platforms where people are allowed to talk about these sorts of things, which, by the way, are not immoral, unethical or illegal. All of these conversations are totally normal conversations that anyone should be allowed to have. They are exposing a massive weakness in the financial system. That's how I'm seeing it. 
There's no other reason to stop these conversations except for the fact that this situation can be repeated again and again and again. And it seems like what's happening right now has the potential to blow up these hedge funds business models, to blow up the business model of making these massive short sales. And it could even harm the overall financial system even worse, which I don't think anyone wants necessarily. But if the system is so rigged that it can't stand up under its own rules as soon as people discover how to play by those same rules, then that system is illegitimate. Same thing with our voting system. Same thing with COVID. It's all based on lies and frauds and making sure that normal people, that enough normal people never find out. All of the old guard is horrified by the power of the collective of American citizens taking collective action. And the only thing spurring this collective action is an increase in communication and knowledge of how the system has been gamed against them and how they might be able to game it back. And that's what's going on here, as far as I can tell. Now, I forgot to mention this the other day when it came out, and I can't believe that I did forget, but I'm going to do it today. Uh, January 26th, this is from The Blaze. It's been covered elsewhere. This will not enter the central narrative, I don't think. Um, The headline is Judge Rules Virginia Elections Board Violated Law with Late Absentee Mail-in Ballot Rule. The decision will affect future elections in Virginia going forward. So Chris Pandolfo is the author. Here we go. Last August, the Virginia Board of Elections issued a rule that would have allowed elections officials to count late mail-in ballots that arrived without a postmark up to three days after the November election. On Monday, a state judge ruled that the board's decision was illegal. Now, I just want to make sure that everybody understands what we're talking about here. In the November election, an illegal decision was made to allow mail-in ballots that did not have postmarks to still be counted if they were received up to three days after the election. That is totally illegal, totally unconstitutional, and absolutely not a decision that the Virginia Board of Elections gets to make. This is absolute corruption. This is election fraud. This is intentional. And why wouldn't ballots have postmarks? Oh, because they were placed in the Mark Zuckerberg boxes. Or they were ballot harvested. Continuing. Virginia Circuit Court Judge William Eldridge said that Virginia's mail-in ballot rule violated state elections law and issued an injunction preventing the state from adopting the rule for future elections, the Daily Caller reported. The judge's decision was announced by the Public Interest Legal Foundation, a legal group representing Frederick County Electoral Board member Thomas Reed in his case against the state mail-in ballot law. 
This is a big win for the rule of law, PILF president and general counsel Christian Adams said. This consent decree gives Mr. Reed everything he requested, a permanent ban on accepting ballots without postmarks after Election Day, and is a loss for the Virginia bureaucrats who said ballots could come in without these protections. The Virginia Board of Elections issued its election guidance to county boards on August 4th, 2020. That's three months before the election, by the way notifying them that any ballots received by the general registrar's office by noon on the third day after the election, but does not have a postmark or the postmark is missing or illegible, were not to be rendered invalid. But a week later, the elections board decided that such ballots should be counted. On October 13th, PILF filed a lawsuit against the state Elections Board on behalf of Reed, who argued that he would not enforce the directive because it violated state law. The relevant Virginia statute states any absentee ballot returned to the general registrar after the closing of polls on Election Day, but before noon on the third day after the election and postmarked on or before the date of the election shall be counted. Reed's lawyers argued that a plain reading of state law prevents ballots that lack a postmark from being counted. Naturally. Two weeks later, on October 28, 2020, the court sided with Reed in a preliminary injunction hearing, issuing an order that prevented the state of Virginia from accepting and counting late absentee ballots that were missing postmarks. The result is that none of the contested ballots were counted in the November election and Judge Eldridge's final ruling siding with Reed over the Virginia Elections Board will not change the outcome. The ruling, however, will apply to future elections in Virginia, including the November 2021 gubernatorial and state legislature elections. Now, let's remember the context of this. Virginia was immediately called as soon as polls closed on election night. And then it was moved into the too early to call and too close to call categories. And then we all went to sleep and then they just were like, yeah, hey, Virginia's blue. There were so many other states that put that same rule into place. That allows them to just continue accepting mail-in and absentee ballots for as many days as they want whether or not they're postmarked, whether or not they're filled in by machine, all for Joe Biden. This is the world that existed on November 3rd. It is the world that still exists now. All of that election was corrupted. It is a fraudulent election. And Joe Biden is absolutely an illegitimate president for so many reasons. I'll be back on Monday at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns do not work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. 
The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofi. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!